When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. everybody how you doing well that's good this is the phly flyers podcast that's right phly my name is bill Matz, and i'm your director of fun and games for the afternoon afternoon uh, sitting to my right the city's number one flyers beat reporter charlie o'connor uh chuck one day down, we uh, we're still employed. We still have jobs. So that's that's really really great. Uh, I just before we get into this, we're gonna get into plenty of Flyers talk. Lots to talk about, kinda. There's always <laughs> well, lots to talk about in Flyers I world. Mean, rookie camp starts yeah. tomorrow. Which Stuff's gonna start still, happening. Still kind of ridiculous. But after one day of uh, I don't want to say our debut because we've been doing shows together since like the Sons of Pen days, but uh, our relaunch, yeah. our rebrand. What was the reaction you got yesterday, bud? Uh, it was really positive, and and thanks so much to everyone um, for you know listening, for watching, for reading. Obviously, you know this is a, a big leap for uh, for me and Bill. Uh, we really, really are happy that so many people are already along for the ride, and it's on us to convince everyone else to be along for the ride as well. But uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun so far. I uh, love the fact that we already have commenters giving us uh, live updates during the show on how Mafe Mitchkov is doing <laughs> in his KHL game for Sochi. Love that so much. But That's incredible. Uh, it's great. It's well, great. These are the most ridiculous i mean if you've hung on to the flyers and that's why we're doing this show because yeah. we love hockey and this team while it has been ridiculous we understand that these fans are the absolute best the ones who have stuck with this team who oh, are yeah. here with us live it's it's absolutely incredible and that's i just have to thank everyone who uh who tuned in live yesterday who listened to the podcast anyone who reached out uh before during or after the show big thanks uh the community that we've built for 
damn man like the last decade pretty close, much close we've, we've been working close on it. uh it's that's why all this is possible for us and i also have to give a, a big thank you to to steph driver and kelly hinkle who man their support has meant everything this wouldn't have been possible without them being behind us and without everything they've done for us leading up to this point so thank you all very much uh now that we have all the niceties out of the way though your job isn't done, listeners, fans, community. Uh, go to allphillyallphly.com. Become a diehard member. Uh, tell all your friends about PHLY Flyers. Share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Make dummy accounts so we have extra subscribers. <laughs> Cheat the system. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> to support us, go out and do it. That's your job. We're going to sit here and give you five day a week, basically 24-7 coverage of the Philadelphia Flyers. You just got to help us share it a little bit. Do your job so we can do ours. All right, now that I've threatened the <laughs> listeners uh, and our entire community, it's time to get into the uh, time to get into this little hockey team with rookie camp tomorrow, man. Rookie Are you tomorrow. ready? Are you ready to? Ready to be back in the grind? I, I am truly ready. I will say, I mean, I guess the heat wave has kind of died down a bit, but in a way, after the past week of it being, what, not 98 degree temperatures? Or 75, but also 75% humidity. Yes, like truly horrifying yeah. temperatures. It'll be nice to be in a hockey rink, not going to lie. You can wear the T-shirt in there, feel oh, nice oh, and cool. Oh, I'll be oh, breaking yeah. on my Columbia sweatshirt, don't <laughs> worry. You have to. You, you can't be wearing a T-shirt inside, especially in Voorhees. I mean, you can't really do it in it's any any rain. rain but it's cold it's it cold is cold at, at the flyers training center but yeah i'm excited uh, it'll be starting in the morning i'll be there all day and uh, and we'll get to see not all of the prospects obviously mitchkoff is in russia we said his name all yeah right, that's well, i already this is the second two time two mentions second time okay. yes uh and then cutter gotier is obviously getting ready for his collegiate season but we're gonna have a lot of legitimately exciting prospects there you know i think headlined probably by tyson forrester but he's not the only he's one the so one. he's the one people are because he's gonna we talked yesterday he should make the yeah but this is big for him you know he's what they want to see from him i think is what noah cates did last year at rookie camp which is he stood out the entirety of rookie camp he shined in both the both the rookie games and then basically just used that as a springboard to make it so there was no way he could possibly get left off the team i think that's what they're looking for from forrester so we started yesterday with your uh, your top 20 prospects article. We broke down the top five, which was really a top six, and <laughs> which tickles me. Love it. Uh, but I, I want to get back to that. And you can read Charlie's entire breakdown along with Alex Appleyard at allphly.com. Charlie's going to be pumping out content. He already has a ton. I mean, you, you're writing Philly's content. Dude, you got to... Quit working so hard. No. You're making me look I, I bad. I refuse. I just sit here and yell <laughs> nonsense, and you're like, oh, I'm going to write in-depth articles on two sports now. Thanks. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I want to get to something I noticed when I was reading the top 20, going through it. Um, four goalies, which is, I mean, they're, they're pretty stocked with goalies, considering where we were yeah. just a couple of weeks. I mean, their starting goalie is only 25. Yeah, so. yeah the starting goalie is 25, <laughs> and you have a ton of prospects as well. Four goalies, five defensemen. <laughs> Not a ton of the defensemen on the list. It's, I mean, we know how stocked they are at forward. We talked about it yesterday. Like, this is the area where a guy like Tyson Forster or even Bobby Brink, who you'd want to see in the NHL, we want to judge their development. It's like, yeah, they have to win the job. Yeah. It's the, they're, they're stocked at this, especially as long as TK is here, as long as Cam Atkinson is here. But a little less in terms of roadblocks for the defensemen. I want to get into some of them today, uh, starting with number four on the list. We didn't talk much about him yesterday. Emil Andre, 
pretty pretty exciting pick when they made it. It seems like there's been a little back and forth uh, in terms of what people really expect from him, but we going to see him in the NHL this year? I think the hype train is is pretty high right now on, on Emil Andre. And he was a guy who, um, just going back to when he was drafted, I think he was someone who Flyers Twitter, hockey Twitter in general, was pretty high on even before the draft. So it was pretty exciting when they took him. He was the type of guy that if you're, if you're someone who wants the team to draft for skill, He's a skilled guy, but he's not just a skilled guy. He's despite the fact that he's he's small, he's basically like five foot nine. He throws his weight around. He's a big hitter. So he's the kind of guy where I think he could potentially be a fan favorite if he makes it. He looked really, really good in development camp. Really good. In my mind, he was and this is even more so than Forrester, who in a sense, kind of look like he sort of was just let, let's get to the he's main. there because he has. Yeah, to be. let's get to the I'm main. Here camp. So I don't get fined. Exactly. Yeah. Andre, in my mind, was the most impressive player at Flyers development camp. And it shouldn't shock anyone. This is a guy who two years ago excelled in the second year Swedish league. Then his team got promoted to the Swedish elite league, the SHL. And he excelled there, too, basically as their top pair defenseman. Now he's coming over. And I think there's I wouldn't say it's anywhere near a guarantee he's going to make the team. But I think that there is an expectation that he is going to impress at rookie camp and then at main camp and make the decision tough because he is slowly developing maybe not slowly I would say quickly he's quickly developing into one of my favorite prospects on the team I I think that he legitimately has second pair talent but the kind of second pair talent where he's not on your second pair because he has to be he's on there's your, there's only yeah I mean, there's only two right now two spots on the first might be their top defenseman it doesn't mean he's a top pair but no like like I'm talking about yes. he could be a guy where he's your number three but in reality he puts up the the results of a number two really I, I really he like could be him. the like 2010 chemo team and kind of I mean, okay he's maybe on, not that I, I mean chemo, we <laughs> yeah. love that guy and he's I mean, one of the more underrated players of his generation, but just in terms of, yeah, he should probably be with Pronger, but it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Like, we have Carl up there, and we have him and Coburn. Like, he could be part of that sort of defense, maybe. I could be totally off on him, but he's a guy where I really like his style of play. I like his vision. I like how aggressive he is, both without the puck in terms of his, his physicality and with the puck in terms of trying to uh, to stretch the defense, trying to make, make tough passes, trying to be creative. He's going to make some mistakes. I'm sure he's going to have to do some adjusting, you know, to the North American game, but I really like him. And if, if I had my choice, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, I would have made his path to the NHL this year a little bit cleaner rather than maybe putting as many veterans in the NHL mix as they have. But that being said, he still has to go out there and prove it. Development yeah. camp is not rookie camp, and rookie camp is not main camp. So he has to check a lot of boxes. But I have pretty high expectations for Emil Andre. I'm pretty high on this guy. And I just think this is, like, we badly, as fans, you know, we live through the process with the Sixers, and it's... We want the team to put themselves in the position where it's like, oh, yeah, win zero games, <laughs> play nothing but kids, and watch the ones that develop, develop, and get rid of the ones that don't, and then have the top pick. And it's, well, it's a little harder than that. You know, it's, yeah. and the Flyers, while they have admitted, while they have said, yes, we're rebuilding, they're not going to quote unquote tank. And that, I think, gets to the, like disconnect between how we see it as fans and how the organization sees it. Like, yeah, we're going to bring in a Mark Stahl. We're going to bring in, like you talk, like I talked about yesterday, Garnet Hathaway. Uh, we're going to bring in guys who are 
at least somewhat competent so that there's somebody for these developing players to like you know, pass to. Yeah. And I will say, like when I was working over uh, when I was over at the radio station in town, I, I got to do a couple shows with Marcus Hayes, and that was a ton of fun. And he said, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that he thinks the Sixers made in the process was like, all right, we're trying to develop some young guys. Let's not pull a guy out of the stands to run point then. You know, let's have someone who can get them the ball and run an offense and so they can actually develop and just not running around out there. And so I do kind of see that with what the Flyers are doing, and I don't think it's a big shock. Keith Jones is one of the people involved. And he's very, the very radio much. Station, yeah, yeah, he's the president of the organization, yeah. and he was also for 20 years at the radio station that was, you know, hated the process. <laughs> I don't think it's lost on <laughs> the organization. Like, yeah, your hardcore fans are going to want you to do that, and everyone else is going to oh, lose it on purpose. I'm out of here. So I understand, but also, yeah, man, like, just let me see email Andre, too. <laughs> I think there's a fine line, because you do want to give the young guys enough support where they have some help where they're not just spending 80% of their shifts stuck in the defensive zone. You don't want that because that's not helping anyone. Maybe it'll help them get a little bit better in terms of defensive coverage, but it's not going to turn them into the kind of caliber of players they're going to need if they want to actually win titles. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're playing defense, you've already lost. There you go. That said, I do think that there needs to be an emphasis upon getting these guys playing time. And this just kind of comes down to how much you trust the organization because <laughs> last, and, and I know, I know that the flyers over the last decade have not earned a lot of trust. That said, it is a new organization. There are new people at the top and they're basically asking for your trust. They're basically saying that, look, trust us that these guys are going to get playing time that we'll find ways it, to get Ronnie Adder 40 games next year and Emil Andre games and you know that we'll bench Mark Stahl if we have to and we'll bench Sean Walker and we'll sit Nick, Nick Sealer and fans who watch this team in the mid 2010s are going to be like well you trotted Andrew McDonald out there as a first pair defenseman for five years so how can we trust that you won't recognize when a bad when a good when a bad defenseman is actually bad and we're just going to have to wait and see because right now, and we're, as I said, we're going to get into this later in the show, there's a lot of underwhelming veteran defensemen that in theory could block all the kids from getting any playing time at all. Now they can make this work. You can have a situation where say, you know, Stahl sits for a weekend and in his place, you have Adam, Adam Jennings play, you know, a few games, see what he's got. Like you can do it and you can make it work, but you have to be willing to be creative in terms of how you're building your lineups, how you're structuring your roster, how, are, how you're using your minor league team. And I think it's reasonable for fans not to trust the organization yet, but I'm willing to take a little bit of a wait and see approach. And then if we're in December and Emil Andre is tearing it up in the minors and he's still down there because, well, the coaching staff just needs Mark Stahl playing second pair of minutes, then I'm going to be legitimately very critical, but I'm not going to be critical of it until I see it. That's we're going to have. And this is something we've run into a lot uh, over the last few years. We will get mad at them. <laughs> when they actually give us the reason. But I just don't have the bandwidth to be mad about stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Might happen. As long uh, one thing, uh, Mark Stahl doesn't have an Iron Man streak going, does he? He does not. All right, all right. So we're gonna avoid. Yeah, it's he not has a Keith Yandel situation. There's there's actually a law in place that he has to play. That's oh my great. God. That's great. Uh, I want to get to one more guy uh, before we uh, before we do that DraftKings read. Um, 
It's a big one. It's yeah. I'm like <laughs> mentally preparing for it. I'm going to let you talk a lot. Uh, number five on your list, though, he was tied for five. Uh, Oliver Bonk. Now. He's not making the team. No. He is there to be a part of rookie camp, to get in, you know, get ingrained in the culture of the team, meet the coaches. He's starting out, but sure. it seems like they have a lot of these guys that like it sounds to me as if Andre and Bonk, like, oh, that's a that's a pair. Like Could these be. guys might complement each other. Could be. But they have a lot of these dudes who kind of fit in that middle of the lineup and that's it's kind of what we've seen from them for a while like is Oliver Bonk are we underrating him because they we were told as soon as they as soon as they drafted him it's like yeah he's a stay-at-home defenseman like oh great because usually that that's that's a cover for not good but there are actually good defensive defensemen sometimes. Yeah, and I don't think that it's fair to call Oliver Bonk a stay-at-home defenseman. He's just not an exciting defenseman who's going to be driving the rush like a Kale McCarr or like any of the lesser versions of Kale McCarr that are out there. I think he's going to produce points. You know, he's probably going to be somewhere in that, you know, 20 to 35 point range every year. He can skate. He can move the puck. He can pass. He's got a decent shot. So he's got skills, and he's not going to be a guy who is just going to be in the defensive zone letting the other guy do all the puck moving work. He can do the things. It's just that he's not dynamic, or at least I personally don't see a dynamic element. That said, if he can drive play, if he can push the puck in the right direction, he can be a very impactful defenseman if he hits a ceiling. The Flyers, I think, believe that he has first-pair defenseman ceiling. Now, not number-one defenseman ceiling, and that's a very important distinction because that is what this prospect pool lacks the most. They lack a defenseman who you look at and you say, that guy can change a game. They don't have him. And I don't even think Cam York has the upside to be that guy either. I think he could be a darn good top four defenseman but they need that guy that that guy who can anchor the defense to be an Adam Fox to be as I said a Kel McCarr they don't have him maybe they're going to get him in next draft again we might talk about that a little later but I don't think Bonk is that guy but I do think you're selling Bonk a little bit short if you're just putting him in that oh he's a stay-at-home 15 point a year defenseman that's not his ceiling it might be what he ends up but that's not his theoretical ceiling that's awesome to hear uh what else is awesome Football is back. Uh, <laughs> football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 in instantly in bonus bets. Let me say that again. Bet $5 on football. Get $200 in instantly in bonus bets. Uh, nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. I love opening up DraftKings and just seeing, like, ah, oh, you got some free bets. You got some boosts. Like, it's always <laughs> fun, even if you're an existing customer. Check out DraftKings. Uh, get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code PHLY. That's code PHLY. HLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5, take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbooks with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877 8 hopeny or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CC. 
pg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of uh, Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms of responsibility, terms and responsible gambling resources. Uh, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So, yeah, Bill. <laughs> I really, that's, it was funny because on my way home yesterday, I'm listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was, a res- does. it was a wrestling podcast. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the host had this read, and I was like, well, I did better than that. <laughs> so I was really confident that I could, I could do a better job today. And I, I, you I just got to compare yourself to the competition, yeah, right? It's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, back to just Oliver Bonk for a second. One, just what a name. I mean, that's, oh, it's a, fantastic. that's, a, that's a hockey name. Uh, but uh, you were just speaking about how the Flyers kind of lack. I mean, in the forward department. They got them. They've got Matthew Michkov. They've got Cutter Gauthier. Yeah. And then they have those second-tier guys, too, with high ceilings that we'll see. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're talking about Andre and Bonk. They're four and five on your list, tied for five. Uh, <laughs> and we're already in that second tier of dudes to be sure and that's really what stuck out to me when i was that's why i wanted to talk about the defenseman today is because then all of a sudden we're at number eight ronnie adderd who you know we've we've liked what we've seen out of him and think he again has an nhl ceiling but like who who is this dude yeah, and I think Adder, and, and again, this is when we're getting into the weakness of the Flyers' prospect pool, which is, as you mentioned... We're talking about 24-year-old. Yeah, high-end defenseman. He's he's a 24-year-old. I am an, a Ronnie Adder fan. I ranked him quite high on this list. I do think, however, that his ceiling is something of, like, a really good number four. You know, because to me, he doesn't have the, the all-around game. He's always going to be a bit high-risk. He's going to make mistakes. He's probably not the type of guy that you're going to want going out there against top liners all the time to me he could ultimately end up being something of like a bigger and slightly better skating radko gudis which <laughs> again that'd be awesome but you didn't want radko would have voted for him con Smythe, even though they lost there you go but you wouldn't want radko gudis facing off against Connor mcdavid is my point now you're now you're speaking my language <laughs> i knew oh man you know you know i love radko and i'm not saying the dude was a star of any kind but you need guys like Radko. No, and, and Radko was more physical. Adder's not quite as suspension-prone. Well, like but, but my point is is that— it's karate chopping, guys. Adder is a higher-risk guy. He takes chances. He he likes to move up ice. He has a booming slap shot, with, which Radko actually did. He'd be good for he one of the— He never got it off, but he, it was a great shot. He'd be good for one of those center-ice goals per year. Yeah. You know. But I like Adder. However— he is 24. Now, like, granted, he's... Can old- we call 24-year-olds prospects at this point when, like, the yeah. best, like he's the same age he's as the best there. player in the league? He's always been raw. You know, when he when he got drafted, he was drafted after being, after being passed over twice in the draft. He was a late bloomer in the USHL, played really well in college, but he still has parts of his game he needs to kind of fine-tune, and that's not usually the case for 24-year-olds. Usually, there are kind of finished products. I don't think Adder's quite there, but... What I like about Adder is that he's unique. You know, you don't have too many right-handed shooting, 6'3", 6'4", defensemen with size, who can skate at a decent level, who can attack, who have that aggressive mentality, both with the puck and without it. He's the kind of defenseman where there aren't a lot of him in the league. So if you have him and you can make him into an NHLer, he's a guy that a lot of teams are going to be like, man, I wish I had that guy. So I just, just running through this list, man, uh, 
they yeah they just so badly need that number one defenseman they, do. they really and do. It, it, we had a uh, we had a question yesterday for the mailbag but uh, when I tried to bring it up today the <laughs> the account no longer exists <laughs> and it was a good question so I wanted to say it I think uh, I think the guy's name was Sean Miss but the gist of the question was. With the two first-round picks that they're going to have, most likely their own, and then the first-rounder from Florida from the Giroux trade. Right. Like, should they positionally target? Like, we know they need centers. Should they, with that first pick, which is hopefully in the top five, uh, maybe top ten, oh, we just get the best center available. And then with the Florida pick, maybe Florida's a little worse than everyone was expecting, but it's going to be late teens, 20s probably. Do they just okay? We need a defenseman, like they did with uh, like they did with Oliver Bonk late in the last draft. And to me, while you need the variety in your prospect pool, I always think of uh, the Lightning how they needed a defenseman, and they went out and got Sergachev not because mm. like like not because of what they did in their draft room. What they did was draft Jonathan Druin because he had star potential. Is he reaching it? No. He's basically a bust, especially for where he was drafted. But you're able to turn, quote-unquote, best player available into a need. You draft the guy with star potential, and then if he's not what you need, you can get what you do need. So while I think the variety in the prospect pool, very important, I kind of always want to go with the best guy. I'm in agreement, and I think I'd like to think that the Flyers would approach it in that in that way. Like, for example, if you have one of the top two picks, and granted, things could change, but the top two players in the draft right now are projected to both be forwards. You take one of those two guys. You don't say to yourself, well, you know, we really could use Macklin Celebrini, and that would be awesome, but, man, we really need that number one defenseman, so sorry, Macklin, we don't want you. Like, no, you take the best guy, and that's part of the reason why the Flyers ended up with Mitchkoff. You had teams that were, be, were, were trying to, to fill a box rather than take the most talented player available. The Flyers don't want to, you don't want to fall into that trap. No one wants to fall into that trap. Teams say they won't fall into that trap, and then they, and then they do. Then they do. Yeah. So... I would say that if the Flyers get a top two, even a top three pick, you got to probably go forward and just say, you know what, hopefully we can get that great defenseman either later in the first round or maybe the following year, or maybe we trade for him. That said, you might be in a situation where it might be if you're in the latter half of that top 10, maybe it's like a tie goes to the defenseman type of thing. Maybe I could, I could be on board with such a thing. I would still be more looking at pure talent because the heart, the the, the fact of the matter is the flyers just need more high end players right now. You're looking at, you're like, okay, they might have Mitch cough in three years. You got Gautier as a possibility. And then after them, like what's your next most talented player in your organization? Connect me. Like connect me, who maybe, I don't expect to be part of the organization much longer. Yeah, so you maybe Cam York if you're real high on his ceiling. So you really need a few more because you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, yes, they have Nikita Kucherov, they have Steven Stamkos, but they have like three or four other guys that are also star level. They got Victor Hedman, they got Braden Point. Like you can't just get by with one or two. Otherwise, you end up, you're the New York Islanders, you have Matt Barzell, and then a bunch of dudes. And then you, a bunch of dudes. Yeah, you need a few best really, really line, good. Though. Best fourth Best fourth line in hockey. It's the first thing. <laughs> but seriously, so to me, you still got to be focusing on talent. 
I know that they are prioritizing defense. I know that they would never admit that the bonk pick was partially driven by the fact they know they need to restructure the defense. But let's be honest, it was partially driven by the fact they know they need to restructure the defense and getting a guy who they look at it as kind of being like, this guy is almost certainly going to be a second pair defenseman. He plays the right side. He's going to compliment guys like York and Andre really well. Let's just get him and let's fill that spot for the next eight years. I think that was kind of their thinking. But if you're picking in the top, five six seven eight i think you still got to go best player available and just like to your point uh, you know about the gochier draft yesterday they passed over year a check a defenseman a lot of people were very high yeah. on including you mishkov falls in their lap a lot of people are like oh they're going d and then it's like well one of the best players <laughs> in the draft is available so we're getting him instead it was also a, it was also of, a better forward draft than defenseman yeah, draft yeah. I think so a lot of teams of, reached on defense kind of now draft. like when they go for bonk it's like oh well we we do need to restock like we need some defensemen yeah. i'm fine with that in later rounds like yeah second third like fill your fill out oh, your depth yeah. chart but in the first round i just want the best possible player the problem so. is is that well, I agree with you. I agree that later rounds is when you maybe can look a little bit Those more. Those guys also or, don't turn out. Well, it's not even that they don't turn out. It's that if they do turn out, they're not. They become Emil Andre type prospects or Oliver Bonk type prospects. They don't become Victor Hedman type prospects. Now, a uh, a guy who cracked your top twenty, number twelve on the list, a defenseman. Now, I uh, I need to re up my elite prospects mm-hmm. uh, because I got a new debit card. I broke mine, Ooh, so I had okay. to get a new one. So I don't have my premium elite prospects, which means I don't have the little pronunciation. Oh, yeah, that's so, very uh, helpful. I'm going to Helge Grant. Helge Grant. Helge Grant. Helge Grant. Okay. He's, uh, he's interesting because so he's a former second round pick. All the physical tools. He's big. He's also right-handed. Another focus. Like, it was very clear this offseason that beefing up the right side defense was a focus. They got the bonk pick. They traded for Grants. So... There's legitimate upside here. He has second pair upside, and that's why I think we ranked him as high as we did. That said, he had a real, real bad year in the L.A. farm system last year. That's why L.A. was willing to trade him as basically a sweetener for the Flyers to take on the Cal Peterson and Sean Walker contracts in the the three-way Ivan Provorov deal. So Granz is a guy with upside, and you can't discount the possibility of a change of scenery helping a guy. Look at Owen Tippett. That said, there are legitimate concerns about his his hockey IQ, about his processing ability on the ice, and he's to me he's a little bit more of a lottery ticket than a guy that I would necessarily depend upon That's, for the future. When I was reading your article, uh, I was you know reading, and you you stress hockey IQ a lot, and so when I was reading, I was like, oh, that's Charlie did this one. That's weird. I was like, no. This is Alex, yeah, and he's Alex. talking about the hockey yeah. IQ. So this must be the consensus opinion on the guy. Like, oh, he's got upside. He also just might not know what he's doing out there and just <laughs> get by on ability. And yeah. listen, we, for a long time, looked at the physical skills of um, Phil Myers. Phil Myers. I knew exactly. this. I knew where you were going We looked one. at the physical skills yeah. of Phil Myers. It was like, how the hell didn't this guy get drafted? Like, he's gigantic. He's right-handed. He can skate. It was yeah, he might he might not know how to play. He yeah. just is good at playing, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Is that kind of what we're looking at with him? Yeah, I would say that, that Granz isn't quite as physically gifted as Phil Myers, who was 
truly one of the most physically gifted defensemen I've ever watched. There were things that he could do on the ice that I'd never seen a defenseman do. It's just that his processing ability was so far behind at times that even with the advantage of being bigger and faster than everyone else on the ice, it didn't matter. He wasn't able to get to the right spots to play good defense or he would just lose track of his man. Granz isn't quite that physically gifted, but... It is a situation where you worry that his brain won't be able to take full advantage of his tools. Absolutely, okay. that's a concern. That's that's fun to know. That's really exciting. But his phys, his physical upside no, is definitely. But, but the, there's yeah. a reason he was he was where he was. Exactly. And there's a reason his season was disappointing because they had expectations yeah. for him. And we know, having watched this team try to develop guys over the last few years. Development, not always linear. It's not a staircase, not an escalator. Like, there might be some peaks and valleys. Maybe the Flyers got a winning lottery ticket. Or maybe he's just a dude we're going to see as the number seven. Exactly. And you look at it like this. I, I bring up Owen Tippett here. When the Flyers traded for Owen Tippett, there were a lot of those same concerns from scouts that, oh, he's got all the tools, but he isn't able to put it together. He doesn't think the game at a high enough level. He just doesn't have the instincts. And I watched a guy last year who looks like he has the instincts, maybe not to be a star, but to be a legitimately good player. Sometimes guys just need to change the scenery. Sometimes the hockey IQ is just never going to be there. Sometimes it's there. You just have to find the right way to the right system, the right coaching technique, the the right personalities around him to get that great player out of him. So that's why I'm not willing to discount the possibility that Granz could turn into a good defenseman because the tools are there and sometimes it just doesn't work somewhere. But I am a bit skeptical and I will acknowledge part of my skepticism is that LA gave up on him. So you don't usually see organizations throw a guy in as a, please take this guy. So we or please take these two guys and we'll give you this guy to take them. (laughs) If they're legitimately high upside players still, uh, this, this last, last defenseman on your, on your top 20 comes in at number 17 and Chuck, I need you to do me a favor rookie camp. Okay. At some point when you're talking to players, you're doing whatever you're doing, you need to say, I want to talk to Samson. <laughs> All right, just do that for me. Uh, Is this a wrestling thing? It's from Half-Baked. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, number 17, Ethan Samson's the final, the fifth and final defenseman on your list. And again, like, only five D-men when there are four goalies. First of all, we're the Flyers. How, how do we have any goalies? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, just only five D-men make this list. Ethan Sampson coming in at number five. I've got to be honest with you. I had to look this dude up. I forgot he existed. And it's funny because I get that sense from most fans that they just don't look at him as anything. But this is a guy who, in his second year post-draft, was a point-per-game defenseman in Canadian junior hockey. So this is a guy who normally, if someone has that kind of point production in, and we're not talking about a lower tier like BCHL type of juniors, this is the WHL. This is one of the- This is not Jay O'Brien we're talking about? No, it's not Jay O'Brien, exactly. So I'm actually a little surprised that there isn't more interest in Ethan Sanson. That said, and, and I want to read this quote from Brent, flair just to make sure that well i think that people maybe are underrating him i also want people to be careful not to overrate him because when i talked to brent flair i straight up asked him what do you think this guy's ceiling is you know people are going to look at the stats say wow point per game defenseman you know that's not that far away from what travis sanheim put up in his final year juniors but just saying i I know i know but i I asked flair and flair said i just think realistically he's probably a five six guy but again that'll be up to the other side of this game how quickly he can adjust so we're talking about a five six we're talking about a third pair guy now 
if you he, need those, you need those. And he's a right-handed shot, which helps. They all need the right-handed shot. All the teams need the right-handed shooting defenseman. And he's an all-around guy. You know, he can skate a bit. He's got a shot. You know, he can make some plays. I don't think he's an offensive dynamo. But if he could be a useful third-pair defenseman on the right side, teams need those. And to the point of you're going to have to build this roster out at some point. Like We've talked, you know, yes, okay, so they have... They have Gauthier. They have Mishkov. They're going to have to buy at some point. Like, they are going to have yeah, to buy course. guys, and perhaps a good skating right-handed defenseman could net you more than what his on-ice value is because of his ad attributes, right? True, true. Like, that's always one of those things. We Oh, he's right-handed. Well, he's got a career forever. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> like, he's a right-handed defenseman. He stinks. Oh, well, he's going to play eight years. Which is one of the reasons why I continue to be high on Adder, because if Adder could just prove that he's an every-night NHL defenseman, he's going to have a ton of value around the league. It's yeah. like, man, a right-handed defenseman who's big, who hits, who can shoot, man, everybody's going to want that guy, even if he's nothing more than a second-pair guy. So uh, I want to keep talking about these defensemen. uh, But first, I want to talk to you about FOCO. That's right. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Uh, It is the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandom. And remember, it's tailgating season. Football is here. Baseball playoffs coming up. You don't want to be caught. You know, all of our Philly stuff, what do you get? You got tank tops. You got baseball caps. But it can be cold in October. I remember going to the World Series. It wasn't cold last year in the World Series. Well, global warming, et cetera. (laughs) But, you know, I'm like 08 and 09. I was a season ticket holder. And it was I need winter Phillies gear, like all my Flyers stuff, all my Eagles stuff. But you need that warm Philly stuff. You can get that at FOCO as well. And. Uh, while we're uh, while we're talking about them, just remember they have our backs. They have the backs of Philly sports, and they have yours too. You can get the best gear around by using the link in our description of this show. Uh, for all non-presale items, you can use the promo code PHLY for ten percent off. So make sure you do that. And if you're stocking up for a tailgate, maybe you're getting ready for that Eagles game tomorrow, home opener against the Vikes. <laughs> Boy, do we have you covered with that. <laughs> PHLY Sports coming through our very first week, and we have a tailgate party planned down at South Philly. It's through, uh, I forget who the sponsor, Philly Sports Trips. Philly Sports Trips is our sponsor uh, for this, and it's going to be all season, every game, and the first one is Thursday down in South Philly. It's the official PHLY tailgate. To get this all kind of started, uh, community events are going to be a big part of what we do here, and this is the very first one. So make sure you go to phillysportstrips.com, get in on this action it is going to be an awesome time meet the crew and celebrate what's i mean it's kirk cousins in prime time so we're already putting up a dub (laughs) like the w is so this takes care of your pregame as well get a pregame w with that tailgate uh charlie these defensemen like we're talking we talked a bit about how they're potentially blocked by some veterans and some of the things you just can't do any about you know sandheim Eight-year contract. Risk line in. What's he got? Four years four left. Four years left. Yeah. Uh, those guys aren't going anywhere. But you mentioned Sean Walker earlier. I get that we want to have uh, like Mark Stahl makes sense to me. He's a Tortorella guy. He's been around forever. He's done. He's basically done everything there is to do. He's there's not a situation you can put him in. He hasn't seen. I understand it. You want to put him next to Cam York? Cool. Seems like a good idea to me. What is the point of Sean Walker? 
Well, the point of Sean Walker was that L.A. <laughs> wanted to clear cap. Okay. Really, what it boils down to is, is that was the point. So, th- like, understood. Get it. Weaponize your cap space. We talked about this as a thing in the past. Like, okay, we have the cap space. Let's take that dumb... Let's take a, a player we have no intention of using. Is the intention going to be to use him now? Well... I think the thing with Walker that you have to remember is that the, the Provorov trade happened before the start of free agency. I don't think that they necessarily believed that someone like Mark Saul would be willing to come to Philly. I think they looked at Walker. That makes two of us. I think they looked at Walker and they were like, okay, this is this guy's not great, but he can eat minutes. He's a right-handed shot. They don't have that many right-handed defensemen aside from Risto. And then you had Adder trying to push his way up. They knew they were getting rid of Tony D'Angelo, so he was on the way out. So they thought to themselves, okay, we could throw Walker into a top four role if we have to, if none of the kids earn that earn that job, and he'll eat minutes for a while. He won't kill us. You know, he won't completely drag down Cam York if he has to be paired with Cam for a while, whatever. So that kind of checked the just get a guy who's an NHL or to be part of this blue line core. Then they got Mark Stahl too. Now you're looking at two guys like that. And Mark Stahl is a guy who last year was playing in a fourth or a, a, a second pair role for a team that made the cup final. So presumably Stahl will be at least enter camp with a leg up. He definitely has a stronger reputation around the league than Sean Walker. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Walker now that Stahl's here. Because, yeah, Stahl's a lefty, a left-handed shot. Walker's a righty. So you could theoretically have a defense with both of them in there. The problem is, if you have a defense with both of them in there and Nick Sealer, then suddenly, where do the kids fit in? And that's something I wanted to get to. I can't necessarily call Igor Zamula a prospect anymore at this point. We've been through this with him. It doesn't seem like he is the highest ceiling in the world. He's no longer on the but prospect he's no list. Longer, yeah, like he's not <laughs> waiver exempt anymore. Exactly. So he either has to like be here or pass through waivers. And maybe he passes through waivers. And you know, we always overrate our own guys. Like, Who wouldn't want Igor Zamula? Maybe 31 other teams wouldn't want him. Definite possibility. Mm. Uh, they would have got calls about him. And I bet you they'd accept a trade if someone offered you something well, for Zamula. I don't know but, about that. I think Zamula is decently viewed around the league. I think, I think there would be a... I am generally someone who thinks that guys will probably not get claimed on waivers. I think he legitimately could get claimed on waivers. I feel like a lot of that conversation centers around goalies. We're always terrified that goalies are going to get claimed, and you realize that, well, if you pick up a goalie, that means you have to keep him in the NHL, and he has to be your backup. And if he doesn't have NHL experience, then probably not going to pick him up. Zamola, you could stick as your seven, or if you had a rash of injuries in camp and you want to give him a go, you could always wave him again if you want to. So I, I think you might be selling him a little short. That said, the fact that he's no longer oh. waiver exempt means that he pretty much has to make this team if they I want like to be him. I, I liked him the very first uh, preseason he was with the organization. I was, for his size, I was surprised by how physical he was. He seemed to have a decent IQ out there. I just... All right, it's been a couple years now. No, it's fair. It's been a couple years, and they haven't shown a ton of interest in playing him, and they brought in some veterans. Yeah. So it's it's going to be this balancing act, but if, like, I would much rather obviously see Ronnie Adder. I'd rather see Emil Andre, but 
Play Zamora. <laughs> Please, yeah. just let me see what the hell he's going to be. I think you Let need, me you, know what he's going to be. You need to play him. And again, this is what I'm saying about the veteran defenseman, because your your top three, presumably, are going to be, in some order, Cam York, Travis Sanheim, Rastris, the line. And again, this is why the Flyers, I don't expect to win that many games this year. Oh but that's your top three. Then if your bottom three is Nick Sealer, Sean Walker, and Mark Stahl, I mean, yeah, I guess some games you could start seven defensemen. But generally speaking, you're going to do six. And then you have three guys, maybe four if you're an Adam Jennings fan, four guys in in Adder, Zamula, Andre, and Jennings who probably are pretty close to NHL ready, if not definitely NHL ready. And when I say NHL ready, I more mean like ready to figure out whether they can actually be NHLers. Like physically it, yeah, ready. It's not going to help them. Maybe it could help Andre because he's never played in the uh, in North America yet. He might need some time. But if he has a great camp, suddenly you got all these guys being blocked by Mark Stahl and Sean Walker and Nick Sealer. And again, this is where it comes down to how much do you trust the coaches? How much do you trust the organization to not lean on those vets and not have those vets box out the kids that you need to find out about? And I think this is where we get to our balancing act of John Tortorella. Now, I think Tortorella, um, from an organizational standpoint, is going to, has already begun to reinstill that accountability that we've talked so much about that seems to have been lacking, and he's going to coach the guys up. He's not going to tank. Like, the organization could give him, you know, a couple of sticks and a rubber band to throw out there, and he ain't tanking. He's, he's coaching to win, and while that's good for the development of the guys who are out there, the ones who are kind of borderline, I'm fearful that because of who the coach is, we're going to lean heavily on the vets. Yeah, it's a concern. And again, it's something where like Tortorella, I think he did a good job, a relatively good job last year in getting kids playing time. When kids would get called up, they'd not just be played, they'd be played in the roles that they were meant to be played in. So I think last year he showed he can do it. Thing is, he has to keep doing it because this rebuild isn't ending anytime soon. And if he's going to be the coach of the rebuild, he's going to have to consistently choose to play Ronnie Adderd over Sean Walker. He's going to have to choose to play Emil Andre over Mark saw even if it may lose him a game in December the one thing I will say is while he's probably at least to start the year gonna lean on the vets and be like this is your team you kind of need to carry our young guys it's John Tortorella he ain't loyal to anybody like he would sit his mother you yeah. know? like you're up in the press box tonight mom you know like he it's not like he's gonna just oh wrong. well you know what uh, Keith Yandel has to play because he's got a streak going oh, he's going to like if email Andre <laughs> if email Andre legitimately gives them a better chance to win games he wants to win freaking games like he's trying to add to his his total so that number is a little higher when he goes into the Hall of Fame you know so I can I can see it working both ways for this team but yeah. it's going to be one of those I'm also trying to make myself optimistic right now because I can't get mad about stuff that has like that's <laughs> keep telling yourself I, that I though. can't get mad about stuff that hasn't happened yet. I just simply I, I just simply can't. Uh, I guess I guess now is a good time to tell you about our friends at game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. This hockey team. 
they're going to stress us out as much as, okay, no. it's, a, it's a rebuild <laughs> and we're just going to look towards the future and evaluate. Now, nah, they're going to stress us out on a nightly basis. Buying tickets to see them should not be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you uh, with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and focus all your stress on the team you're going to see and yeah, start getting hyped for the fun. Uh, okay. You can just put all your stress on the team and not worry about having to get the tickets. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Eagles are tomorrow, fam. If you don't have your plan yet, get on it. Game time is here to help you uh, and get exclusive flash, flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. I told you yesterday, I was looking everywhere when WrestleMania tickets went on sale. <laughs> it was madness at my house. I'm texting with people. We have all these. Now, I, I looked yesterday, looked at their WrestleMania tickets. Cheaper than the ones I bought. I'll tell you that right now. Two-day passes, so it's, uh, it's a great place to go. And Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. So you don't have to worry, is it cheaper somewhere else? Should I check out all the different places? Nah, just check out Game Time. They have you covered. Uh, and uh, snag... <laughs> I have to scroll. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so you can snag snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time, and you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. In October, AEW is coming to town because I love to go to wrestling shows. I'm absolutely taking advantage of this event. I don't doubt this, it. Of this offer, going to use my $20 off on my first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. <sighs> I think we. I think I did better today yeah, than yesterday. I, would I say think so. It, it's a building process. I'm horrible at reading out loud. Like I just can't do it. I'll, but. I'll help you out in the future. Let me just get through this first Charlie, week, and then I will. Charlie far smarter than me, but for some reason I'm the broadcast professional. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, but quick, I do. quick little update from the uh, the comment section here. Uh, Nolo Atmo Mafe Mitchkoff first point of the year. Oh, there we go. Assist apparently. An assist. All right. He so he hasn't pulled to Michigan yet. Not yet. He. I watching his highlight tape. It's great. I've never seen anything like it. Like we've seen the Mich we've seen the Michigan become uh, more prevalent, but it's still a special thing. This is part of his repertoire. Yeah. Like this is it's. I cannot it's like wait. a once a week thing. I, probably I, 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 gives it a shot. I can't believe we have to wait three years. Like this is the most Flyers thing ever. Like oh, they're three years away. We legitimately have a superstar <laughs> who's three years away. It's it's frustrating. But we just got to get there. Just we got to be there. patient, Charlie. Charlie. I guess we have to be patient uh, with this team. Now, I, I did see a comment earlier. It was from uh, our friends at High and Wide Radio. Uh, as we we have noted, the rookie camp starts tomorrow, it Thursday. Does. Friday and Saturday, they're going to be up in Allentown for the rookie games. Yep. They want to know if you're going to be there, Charlie. I will be at both games, absolutely. Uh, we'll be recording our show on Friday before I leave. I think there is a morning skate in Voorhees. Then I'll be back in Philly for the show in the afternoon. And then be driving up to Allentown for the game on Friday night, driving back home, driving back to Allentown on Saturday, catching both. And then I'll be writing about the, uh, the games uh, probably on Sunday while football's going on. 
The Eagles are playing on Thursday, so I don't need to worry about that. So I'll be good. Got ourselves a nice little weekend there. Maybe there we, we go. Bath and Beyond. I don't know if there will be time. <laughs> uh, so we do have some mailbag questions. As most of our longtime listeners know, I am horrible at uh, – Timing the show. So we only got to like three questions yesterday. Okay. So we do have some left over. Let's do it. And the ones I solicited today. Yeah, we'll get to them eventually. Uh, but this one, we're going to start out with pacifist hockey fan. Uh, he's, he's our first one. And it's this is something I actually had a question about. Is P-H-L-Y pronounced fly, flea, or Philly? I thought it was either P-H-L-Y or Philly, and someone told me yesterday. Flea would be real bad. Flea would be weird. It's, <laughs> it's P-H-L-Y. We've, yes. been, we've been saying it. Just the uh, call letters, basically. Yeah, just, yeah it's uh, our... W-P-V-I. One of our Same accounts concept. yesterday tweeted, it's like ESPN. Yeah. Like, you, you, you say the letters. Exactly. Which makes a ton of sense. And like, Philly Flyers podcast would be weird. Like, yeah. one, that can't possibly be legal. Yeah. yeah, we would get sued. <laughs> so P-H-L-Y Flyers <laughs> is how you say it. Thanks for that question. Uh, now we're going to Muke at Mike Chloran. I should just read it up here. Uh, <laughs> who will be this year's? And no, no, no offense, you know, no offense to you, but this is a team of redheads. I take so much offense. Who will be this year's most improved redhead, the M-I-R of the Philadelphia Flyers? It's a good question. You know, I want to say... I really want to say Wade Allison because I do think there's a lot more there. I just worry that he's actually going to get enough opportunity, especially given the fact that Tyson Forrester's making his push. Wade Allison legitimately might spend a lot of time as healthy scratch. I think he has the potential to take a big leap, but he has to earn the opportunity. So I guess I'll go with another redhead because I think this guy is going to get a ton of opportunity, and I expect a lot more offense from him. Our, our friend Cam York. I am. Uh, I'm gonna go with a repeat winner for this one. I think it's Owen Tippett. You can take another I think, leap. I think Where? there is a. Uh, I think there's yet another level from what we saw out of out of Owen Tippett. Listen, if he's just a 27 goal scorer, you need those guys too. Like, <laughs> they gave James Ian Reamsdyke yeah. seven million bucks for five years You're a few wrong. years ago to get a 27 goal scorer. You need those guys. He showed us a lot last year, capable of taking over a game. I just feel like there's another another level. And one of the questions we got today, I don't have a graphic for it, but it was who is going to be the next guy to score 40 goals for this team yeah I think it's him and yeah. I think it could be this year yeah it could be I mean he certainly has the ability and I I'm curious to see if Travis Konechny can follow up his year because he obviously broke 30 last year he was injured for a non-insignificant period of time so it'd be interesting to see what he can do this season especially given the fact he's probably going to get a lot of ice time because who else are they going to give the ice time to but Tip is going to get a lot of ice time as well and I would love to see him take a big leap for a guy who like we all saw the clip last year John Tortorella on the bench telling Owen Tippett I don't know what you are I don't know if you're a scorer I don't know if you're a grinder show me who you are this is a dude that rose to the challenge of yeah, John Tortorella and you know he freaking loves that oh absolutely a, a dude he yelled at that they caught on video and he rose to the challenge and then some was one of their best players last year after Florida basically gave up on him I can see him being a real torts guy as we move into this new era of orange. Uh, now from Dan Valen, and it's not Van Halen, it's Dan Valen. Uh, will you feature, this is a, sh a question about the show, will you feature more interviews with uh, current slash former players and staff? 
That's the plan. Yeah, I, uh, I absolutely I, think so. I have I have long fought against the idea of guests because I want I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and there were four. There were also four of us. True. Like an true. hour an hour a week, four people. We were fighting over each other all the time. Why do you guys interrupt each other so much? Because there's four of us and we have sixty minutes. <laughs> like, that, that's that's just what it came down to. We're five days a week now, and we have a ton more resources. And the Flyers want the they want their people out front. Like yeah. they know, I know for a fact the organization knows what everyone thinks about them, and they want to be far more accommodating, far more community involved than they've been. So they're going to help us out, and sure. I think we're just more motivated to do it because we have the time and resources. Well, I think it's also just that. And right now, there's a lot to talk about. Number one, because we haven't been on the air for a few weeks. Number yeah. two, because it's a brand new thing. We're excited. We got rookie camp, but we're going to reach points of this season, and we're certainly going to reach points in the off season where. There's only so much you can talk about. Buddy, I don't know what we're talking every about day, tomorrow. <laughs> every day. So I, I think it's going to be essential for us to have guests just to kind of keep things fresh for, for our listeners. Uh, longtime fans of BSH and you and I, the uh, mothers of mother of heavy edit podcast. Uh, they want to know when will the NHL be blessed to see playoff Risto? <laughs> and will he be with the Flyers when that happens? Well, let's just get to the first part of that yeah, question. I mean, the no, f- <laughs> I think he, I guess it comes down to he's got there's four more years left on his contract. When there's like two so, left, he's tradable. So right? will the Flyers make the playoffs in the next four years? Because I don't think they're going to try to trade him. Anybody who's watched the Flyers for the last three, four years and watched local Flyers broadcast knows Keith Jones Big Rasmus Ristolainen fan. fan. So I'm not expecting the Flyers triumvirate to be looking to trade Rasmus Ristolainen. So to me, the question is less, is he going to be traded? It's are the Flyers going to make the playoffs in the next four years? Maybe, maybe, maybe by year three or year four. I think they have a chance next season. After this coming season, I think like wild card, get in bubble team the way they were, you know, 2014, 16, whatever. Uh, The second part of this question is the Wayne Train uh, PTO for real? The professional I, tryout. Is that is, is I, that even... I saw it floated, but I, I don't know if there was actual rumor. It was just like, hey, they should try this. Yeah, I feel like that was a blog creation of people being like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they brought Simmons back? And yeah, it would be cool because Wayne Simmons is a legend. However, Wayne Simmons is not the old Wayne Simmons that's, anymore. That's my... And they like, already have Nick Delorier. Like, they already have those. They have Garnet Hathaway now. They have guys to do that. So I don't think there's a need. That said, like, part of me does want Wayne Simmons to end his career in orange and yeah. black, and the team's going to be bad anyway. So if they did it... I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just don't think they have to. I have a I have a Wayne Simmons jersey. He's probably my favorite player of the last ten years for this franchise. Absolutely freaking love Wayne Simmons. It's over. Like <laughs> Toronto was begging to have someone out there who brought the element that Wayne brought, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't play him." Uh. And I just. In terms of the roster construction, what's the one thing we have? Right, right wingers. wingers. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. where, where is he going to play? Yeah. Only so many guys can play. Yeah. I, it's, I love Wayne. I don't see it happening. Uh, did you hear the story? Uh, this is from a socialist hockey fan. Did you hear the story? It was buzzing yesterday of Mike Babcock, I think, taking Boone Jenner's phone and going through his... Yes, yes, the Babcock story. And yeah, it's a wild apparently story. it's being denied. I don't know well, what's yeah, true and what ba- isn't. Babcock and but Jenner apparently both deny that it was anything other than innocent and yeah. just wanting to see, wanted to get to know him better as a person. I think what this does show, though, and this to me was my big takeaway from the story, it was more that, like, 
people around the league, and I think this is justified because Mike Babcock does not have a good reputation among players, but people around the league do not trust Mike Babcock. No. They do not think, players do not Guys think. Guys who won cups and gold medals with him have yeah, bad stuff to yeah. say about him. And even if this is all true and that Babcock's ask was innocent and Boone Jenner had no problem with it. Clearly, A, there were players on the Blue Jackets that did have a problem with it. They told someone it. about it. And then number two, everybody else around the league just thought to themselves when they heard this, oh, here goes Babcock again being an asshole. So <laughs> I, I think it shows that, look, I'm very skeptical that Mike Babcock has actually changed and has turned himself into someone who isn't going to treat his players poorly. But even if he has changed, even if he has turned over a new leaf, he's got a long way to go towards convincing people in his own locker room that he has because he's starting out from a very, very low point of respect. On a scale of one to, one to ten, how much trouble would you be in if Babcock went through your photos? Well, so here's my thing. He would thing. ask me my, why my, you have so many screenshots of your lock screen. Yeah, like my photos <laughs> would be fine. It would just be a ton of <laughs> videos and pictures of concerts. So I don't think Mike Babcock like particularly would like the Wonder Years. But if he did, maybe, maybe. maybe he would enjoy it because I have a lot of videos from this past weekend from that show. And right, we have to wrap up with the most important question of the day from Zach for Chuck. Who is the captain going to be oh, this geez. year? <laughs> <laughs> it's you, it. Zach. You're the captain. Oh, all right. God. That is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for today. We will be back tomorrow. That's right. We'll be back tomorrow. This is a five-day-a-week adventure with Charles and I, so make sure you tune in. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. <laughs> Silly like the mayor, 